Well, welcome back, guys. Uh, this is week two of Group Connect. Um, and if you don't know who I am, my name is Luke Crabb. I serve on staff here at Paradigm. Um, I've been on staff for about two and a half months now. And uh, man, it's been a journey, uh, let me tell you. Um, I want to start off this morning just sharing with you guys uh, a little bit of my story. Um, it actually plays well into what we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, so I actually, I played college baseball, and I played um, out in the East Coast. And in the fall semester of my senior year, I found myself in my campus bookstore. And I'm walking through my campus bookstore, and I'm in the Bible section. Never read the Bible before in my life. And I find myself buying a Bible. And uh, I'm checking out this Bible, and, and I go home, and for the next six months, I would lay in bed, and I'd read this Bible. And I read it as a skeptic, actually. I read it as someone who was trying to find a hole in the Bible. And over the next six months, I found out that th there isn't a hole in this Bible. And as I sought a hole in the Bible, what the Bible did, it actually um, it showed me really what I was made of. And uh, God still shows me to this day that the book that we read, it's not just a book. It, it truly is God-breathed. And if there's one verse that sums up uh, what, what I went through, it's Hebrews 4.12. And it says, uh, for the word of God is alive and it's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. See, God used Scripture in a profound way to find me and to draw me to himself. And, and I don't think I'm really unique in this. He's used the Bible in, in all of our lives probably here in some way. Um, and, and he draws people with his word. And, and this, is, this is what I'm trying to get at this morning. Man, as followers of Jesus, we should feast on God's word. And, and before I go too much further, um, it, you know, something in my family that we all do, man, we love food. How many of you guys' family, like, it all revolves around the food? Like, you show up, what are we eating, who's cooking, who's bringing what? That's how it runs at the Crab household. You come into Mama Crab's house, you're getting a meal, get ready to sit down and eat something. I mean, it is like an event. Her Thanksgiving, she's cooking for like 15 days. I mean, she, it's a challenge for her to see how much she can make on her own. So, man, food has always been around me, and I love food, y'all. Like, as a kid, I'd eat anything. I mean, Sour Patch Kids for meals, like a little spaz, eating whatever. And uh, so just growing up, it, it was never an issue. I, I always played sports, you know, baseball, basketball, football. And I, like I said, I played college baseball, so this never was an issue. Until I moved back home after college, not as active, and I was like, man... Mom, I've been eating a little bit too good. i got to get in the gym. And uh, I, I share that with us this morning um, just because the reason why I love food is not just because it tastes good, um, but I need it to grow. And, and this is what I know, guys. This right here, this is the food as Christians. This is our food. And this is what we need in order to grow and become the man or the woman that God wants us to be. And here at Abundant Life and at Paradigm, this is our hope that you guys would experience authentic, biblical community that leads to spiritual transformation. 
And this is what I've been learning and over the last three years of following Christ. John 15, 5 is so real. And it says, Jesus, he says, you can do nothing apart from me. So, man, we have to fight to make sure that we get a meal as much as we can. So this morning, guys, I'm going to answer three questions. The first question is, why do we need to feed ourselves? How do we feed ourselves? And then how does this play out in community? If you guys have a Bible, I hope that you do. Uh, Open up to 2 Timothy 3. And uh, just to give you some context, what's going on here in this, uh, in this book of the Bible, this is actually Paul's last letter that he wrote. So just picture this. This is Paul's last letter that he's writing to Timothy, and this is his disciple. Like, when you hear Paul, you almost, if you're thinking discipleship, you always think Paul and Timothy. Like, these two are boys. It was his main guy. Like, if I'm running with somebody, I'm running with Timothy. That's, that was Paul's guy. So this is his last letter to him, and let's, let's pick it up here. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, and we're going to read 17 as well. And it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And I think it's really good for us to put ourselves in Timothy's shoes receiving this letter, okay? So this is, Timothy, Paul's in jail, like he's, he's about to die. He's literally weeks, maybe months away from dying. Paul the apostle is about to die. And Timothy, he gets this letter and he's like, what are we going to do? So he receives this letter. Can you imagine the anxiety that he must have felt like, okay, I got this letter. Maybe, maybe Paul wrote us something that's going to tell us, you know, what we can do to make sure this thing's going. The greatest missionary of all time is about to die. And, you know, maybe he's going to give us his secret. Like, maybe, maybe he's going to have it in this letter. So imagine that anxiety. And look what Paul tells him here in verse 17. And that's the New King James Version. I like it better than the version I read. And it says that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And he's referring to God's word. See what Paul's saying here? Paul's saying when you have the Bible, you have everything you need. Everything you need to do exactly what I've done. If I could be honest with you guys, over the last two and a half months, a servant on staff here, I've been stretched like crazy. I mean, it it has been a hard transition. I'm I'm working more and I'm making less, to be honest with y'all. Like, it has been a grind. And, And man, this is my heart right now. Like, I feel myself, instead of running to God's word, that's not my knee jerk reaction. It's actually to run to like a podcast or maybe a leadership book, thinking I'm going to find an answer there. But when I read God's word here, it says very clearly that everything I need to lead in this ministry is in the word of God. And uh, I was thinking, you know, a lot, of, a lot of us, we know Chad. Like, Chad's a central player in paradigm, for sure. I'm not, I'm not going to minimize that at all. But, man, I was thinking, who's, who's kind of someone, if we were to lose in our ministry, it would be trouble. And the girls know this, but uh, Hannah Finnegan, um, she plays a big role here. Man, sometimes I walk into a meeting and I'm like, 
hey, Hannah, did anybody take care of, uh, and she's like, I got it, I got it. I'm like, did anybody meet with that community group? She's like, I met with them. I'm like, man, save the day again. And, and as much as a player Hannah is, man, it pales in comparison to what Paul must have been to Timothy and the first churches. Man, but Paul just tells him, you have everything you need when you have the Word of God. And, and I can feel this right now in the audience. Some of you are like, man, I thought this was Group Connect. Why are we talking about reading the Bible? And the reason why we're talking about the Bible is because if we're going to do biblical community, you're going to need the Bible. And you're going to need to walk it out and process it through all of our lives in order to live out authentic biblical community that's going to lead to spiritual transformation. I love Joshua 1.8. It's a great verse. It says, keep this book, the law, always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. So why is feeding yourself spiritually a necessity as a follower of Jesus? Guys, because if I do not learn, grow, and apply the scripture into my life, we are essentially disconnected from the vine. And that is why devote daily is one of our core values. If we aren't connected to the vine daily, man, we can do nothing, the scripture says. And, and the more I get to know Christ, the more I realize I need him. I need him every day. And, and guys, this Bible, like I said earlier, it's not just a book. Don't treat it like it's just another piece of literature. It's not. It's alive. It's active. And it breaks my heart whenever we treat it like it's just another book. It's not just a piece of literature, guys. Don't, don't miss this. Um, John Piper, he uses a comparison with the Bible to honey. And I love this. John Piper, if you haven't listened to him before, the guy just, he's, he's a great guy. And uh, he compares it to honey. I don't know if you guys know this, this is news to me, but honey has um, a shelf life of forever. I didn't realize that. And uh, John Piper asked this question, you know, what good is honey if it never gets out of the cupboard? It's the same thing with the Word of God. The shelf life of the Bible is forever. It's always applicable. It's always alive. It's always active. But what good is it if we never get it out and apply it to our lives. You see, all this, um, it sounds good, um, but man, this is the thing. In the average home in America, there's three Bibles, and we take it for granted. Man, it's almost like the person who has that million-dollar piece of artwork just sitting in their attic, and they don't even realize it. It's just collecting dust. And, and it just sits down there, and we never actually open it up and get to know it. And uh, we just take it for granted. I want to show you guys a video, and this is a video of an underground church in China. And I don't know if you guys know this about China, but um, it's actually illegal to have a Bible there. You have to smuggle the Bibles in. Um, so check out this video of an underground church. Yeah, it's, uh, it's convicting, man, for, for me as well. Like, we just take it for granted. And if I call myself a follower of Christ, man, I'm starving spiritually and I need this. And, and 
I want to be fair to everybody in the room. Some of you guys are like, man, this guy's coming at my head about reading the Bible, and I don't even know how. So I don't want you to walk out of here not knowing how to read the Bible. Um, You're going to walk out of here today equipped on how to actually engage with the Bible so that you can feed your spirit. So that's my second point. How do I feed my spirit? So a, a mark of maturity is that you know how to feed yourself. Think about it. It's the first thing, one of the first things that a kid learns how to do. Before he learns how to walk, he learns how to feed himself. Imagine this, uh, after Group Connect ends today around 11, you guys get out of here and you go out to lunch and you guys are sitting around a table and how weird would it be if you sat there and you almost, you waited for your friends to feed you? You're like, that's awkward. It's like, what are you doing, man? Feed yourself. You're 25, 26 years old. See, it's cute whenever a one-year-old gets fed, but man, it is awkward when a 20-year-old still needs to be fed, right? So let me, let me make sure that you can't walk out of here not knowing how to read God's Word. And uh, what we're trying to do this morning, guys, we're trying to align expectations. All right, what does it mean to be in biblical community? So that, that, that's why I'm casting this vision of, man, we got to know how to read God's Word. So I'm trying to align expectations in the room here. And to say that I want to get into biblical community is to say that you want to meet consistently with believers that are going to hold you accountable to walk out the faith. And fill in this blank, guys. When you submit yourself to biblical community, you grow up in Christ. And and one of the biggest tragedies today is that um, we just don't know how to feed ourselves. So how do we digest the Word of God. And there's four things I want to talk about before I actually get into the the practicality of it. You need a place, time, tools, and a plan. What do I mean by place? Man, we should all have a place. Man, if I feel disconnected from the vine, Jesus, I know if I go to this one place, I'm going to get a good quiet time. What's that place for you? For me, it's my chair. Man, I got a chair in, in my wife and I's living room. Don't mess with my chair. That's my chair. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to get a quiet time. If I need to connect with Jesus, I'm going to my chair. I sound like I'm 60. I promise I'm not. Uh, you need a time. And, and this is the, one of the hardest things, I think, early on as followers of Jesus is carving out time in our schedule. And, and I always hear it, man, I just, I'm busy. Man, I'm just too busy to get in the Word. All right, if you're too busy, then put it on your schedule. And trust me, life just gets busier. For me, and I'm scared to tell you, like, hey, you need to read the Bible in the morning. Because the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say, like, you have to read in the morning. Okay? So I don't want to sit up here and tell you, like, this is what I do, so you have to do that. That's not what I'm trying to say. But for me, I've found if I put it on my schedule, every day I literally have this on my schedule for an hour. And it's kind of corny, but it says abide. For an hour, every day, I have it carved out. And if somebody, and if you ask me to get coffee at 7 a.m., if you hear me say, I got another appointment, I love you, but I'm just not going to waver on that appointment because I got an appointment with Jesus and and I'm not wavering on it. You're going to need some tools. If you want to get into God's Word, you need a good Bible. If you guys, you don't have a Bible, I know, man, there's a couple of you in the audience right now, you, you just came to Christ. 
in the last week. And praise God. If you don't have a Bible, let us know. We want to give you guys a Bible. There's literally nothing else I could give you that's more important. There isn't a sermon. There's nothing out there that's more important than having your own Bible that you can feed yourself with. So you got to have a Bible. Invest into a good one and take care of it, please. I'm tired of seeing people not take care of their Bible. It hurts my heart. You need a pen and you need a journal. Those are your tools and you need a plan. So I don't know if you guys saw, you, you all have a little journal that says Philippians on it. So that's the book of Philippians. Um, you all have one at your table. You guys mind open that up and, and go into that first page, that first blank page. And I want you guys to write this down. I want you to write down the acrostic SOAP. S-O-A-P. SOAP. And I'm going to go through this. This is how I study the Bible. There's, there's plenty of ways to study the Bible, but I'm going to give you a way that you can learn to engage with God's Word. Okay? The first one, the S, this is what it stands for, Scripture. So of the Scripture that you just read, what one verse or verses stand out? Okay? And you write that down. Okay, you're going to write that down in your journal. Literally, what is the verse of what I just read that stands out? Observation. What are some things that stand out about this passage? What are some things that stand out about the passage? What's the context of what's going on here? Similar to how I just gave you the context of Timothy. This is his last letter from Paul. What, what's going on in the Scripture? And then application. And I always ask myself this question, in light of this passage, how does this apply to my life? And guys, this is something I have to address because I have a big conviction for this, so I feel like I should say it. The Bible, it's not a self-help book, okay? It's not a self-help book. And what I mean by that is sometimes, and you see it in John 4, like the woman at the well She's like, okay, so what do I do? Um, it, it's not a self-help book. Christianity is not about behavior modification. It's not about how can you change to make yourself look better, okay? It's about heart transformation, okay? So whenever you hear me say application, sometimes, not always, but there's going to be times you're going to read a passage and your application should be to praise God for sending his son, and that's it. And thank him. It's not all about, hey, here's five steps to what I need to do um, to make me more godly. Sometimes we just need to read the Bible and say, thank you, God, for sending Jesus. And that should be our takeaway for the day. Now, there's a lot of scripture we can apply to our lives. So I don't want to minimize that. Um, but lastly is the P, prayer. And a lot of times my prayer sounds the same in the morning and it, it sounds just like this, God, will you help me live this out? I can't do it without you. Will you help me live out what I just read? So guys, it's real simple. This, this is how you digest the word. This is how we feed ourselves. Now there's some meals, guys, that you're never going to forget. Sometimes you're going to read God's word and you're going to be like, man, that was one of the best times I've ever gotten with God. 
And there's going to be a lot of meals that you're like, man, I don't even remember what I ate last week or two weeks ago. But here's what I know. We got to eat daily, every day. We got to fight to get into God's word and eat daily. And some of those memorable meals for me, man, I think about uh, whenever God's word spoke to me and it said, you need to marry your girlfriend in 1 Peter 3. And the first time I read 1 Corinthians 15, 58, I knew like, man, I, I got to do full-time ministry. And God's word, it's not a piece of literature. So I want to give us some time this morning, guys, to engage with God's word. And here I am, I'm elevating his word, but I'm up here talking. So I want to give you guys about five to seven minutes, and we're going to play some music, and I want you guys to open up that Philippians notebook. I want you to read the first 11 verses, and I want you to get a quiet time. So let's go ahead and do that for the next uh, five to seven minutes, and uh, I'll bring us back in whenever uh, it's time. Hey, let me bring us back together here, guys. Um, thank you so much for, for doing that. Um, so yeah, some, for some of us, man, that is a, that's the first time we've ever actually done that, and praise God. And then for some of us, man, that's, that's the first meal we've eaten in weeks. But this is our hope and our prayer here today, that today would be the day that spiritual discipline started. That today would be the day that you drew a line in the sand and you said, no more. I'm going to fight to get into God's word. So guys, our our core value we're talking about so far is devote daily. And and it's going to look something like that. And how it plays out is you getting into God's word consistently. um, And we're going to come together as a group. And you're going to share what God's been teaching you in his word So the third point or the third question I want to answer and address is uh, how does this play out in community? I've been talking about you reading the Bible and and you getting into God's Word and how you should study it. So what does this look like with community? And if we look back for thousands, for the last 2,000 years, men and women have been coming together and gathering around the Scriptures. How do we know this? Um... Let's look at Acts 2, 42, and that's, that's, this is the first church. This is after Jesus ascends, and, and look what it says here. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So basically, guys, what they were doing is they're, they're showing up at a place, and they're opening up the Bible, what they've been taught, and they're saying, how can I apply this into my life? How can I be obedient to what the apostles are teaching. And uh, man, whenever we sit in a circle and, and I hear somebody share something that they've been learning, whenever I listen, I'm encouraged and I'm sharpened by what they're learning. And whenever I hear what that person's learning, man, I get to know them really, really quick. I mean, it is something deep and emotional whenever God he cuts you with his word. It says it's a double-edged sword, or it's sharper than any double-edged sword. So whenever God's word intersects your life, that is deep and it's personal. So guys, th- what, I'm, what I'm talking about this morning, we're not doing a Bible study. Let me just be really clear. This is not a Bible study. 
And you've heard this before, but we're not trying to make just another Bible study. We're not asking that you show up and learn. We're asking that you show up and process what you've been learning, okay? Most of us have more truth than we can obey, okay? If you go listen to Pastor Phil's sermon after this, you're going to have so much truth that you can obey. You can process that for the next two weeks. For real, it's good teaching. We don't need more truth. We just need to process more and apply it to our lives. So this is not a Bible study, guys. Every time you guys show up to community group, this is how it plays out right here. You're going to be asked a question. How have you been feeding your spirit this week? And that's our curriculum. How have you been feeding your spirit this week? And you're going to share what you've learned from God's word. Everybody, not just the group leader. Every person who's in the community group would share what they've been learning from God's word. Okay? You share your notes on what you've learned throughout the week. And, and uh, just feel like I, I should share this with you guys. Some of you need to be aware of your personality. It's one of the tall tale signs of you're aware, you're self-aware. If I was to ask a question right now and your hand would shoot up, even if you don't have an answer, you need to be aware that you're probably more likely to talk in the group. And that's fine. I don't want to minimize that, but you need to be aware of that. And on the other end of the spectrum, if it is hard for you to sit in this circle right now and talk, you need to be aware of that. And you have just as much to offer as anybody else, okay? And don't rob your group of the gift that you are just because you're a little bit shy. It's okay. Be aware of that. But fight it. And if you're the talker, keep it to a minimum. And what I mean by that is we don't need a sermon, okay? We just need you to share what you've been learning in God's Word. Uh, and don't be taken back, guys, if someone starts to press into what you're sharing, okay? So like you just share like, what have you been learning? Love. Okay, so how does that apply to your life? Or how does that actually play out? practically in your life. So don't be taken back if you're in a circle and your boy asks you some pressing questions because that's going to happen. He's going to ask you, you know, how does that play out practically? Why does that matter? They're going to ask some pressing questions. So the best way for us to live out the core values, guys, is by asking that question. How have you been feeding your spirit this week? Because that, that accomplishes not just one of our core values, it actually accomplishes two. Clearly, this accomplishes devote daily. You know, whenever we come together, it's an expectation, guys, that you've been reading God's Word. You've been connecting with Jesus throughout the week, okay? The other value that we're accomplishing by asking that question is pursue relationally. And what I mean by that is whenever I ask a guy, hey, what have you been learning from God's Word? I'm going to know that guy really well. And I'm going to get to know him really well. And I'm going to find out that I have a lot more in common with the guy who maybe is way more artistic than I am. I don't know anything about arts. But man, he's going through the same thing. And when he shares with me what he's been learning, I realize, man, me and this guy got a lot more in common than I realized. We're both struggling with anxiety. Or, or man, this guy's got the same insecurities that I do. And we connect on that. If I was to walk off the stage afterwards and, and one of you guys came up to me and you asked me, hey man, what's God been teaching you in his word? What I'm about to share with you is deeper than what I've shared with guys that I've known for the last 20 years. 
because it's been intersected into my life, and God has taught me this. It's way deeper than anything that a buddy of mine from high school, whenever I wasn't following Christ, is going to know about me. So we pursue each other relationally whenever we share what we're learning in God's Word. And the people that I process God's Word with are the people that know me best. They're the ones that know when God revealed to me that I'm going to marry my girlfriend, that um, I'm about to make a major life decision. I'm going to turn down my dream job to come back home when I don't even got a plan. That's a true story. Made no sense, but I came back home. So in summary, guys, why do we need to feed ourselves? Because we're all starving spiritually, okay? We're starving spiritually, and without God's Word, we cannot grow. If we do not feed ourselves with God's Word in 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now, you're going to be in the same spot spiritually. You will not grow apart from God's Word. We need it. We're starving spiritually without it. The second thing is, uh, how do you feed your spirit? You find a place, time, and get your tools, and you practice the SOAP method. And how does this play out in community? Every time you guys show up to a group, it's an expectation that you've been feeding your spirit, that you've been reading God's Word, and you're going to be asked the question, how have you been feeding your spirit this week? And with that question, we're going to be able to accomplish two of our core values, okay? Pursue relationally and devote daily. We're going to break out into our uh, discussion groups here in a few minutes, um, but before we get there, um, you remember me talking about how I, I grew up in a family where we love food. You guys remember that at the beginning? Let's just picture this. You, you show up to community group, you guys are sitting in a circle, and you look around, and that one guy or that one girl's missing, and you're like, where are they at? And then there's a knock on the door. You go get the door, and, man, something's off about them. You're like, man, this guy looks exhausted, or she looks exhausted. You're like, what's wrong? Like, I haven't eaten all week. In that moment, would you belittle them? Like, I literally haven't eaten food all week. Do you belittle that person? Like, what are you thinking? You got to eat. No. You would say, hey, man, let me show you where the food is. And it's the same thing if somebody shows up to community group and they haven't read their Bible all week. They haven't fed themselves with God's word all week. That you'd point them to the food, God's word. You'd tell them, this is what I've been learning this week. And I want you to know the path that you're walking on right now. It does not lead to the growth. And I love you enough to tell you where the food is. Let me pray for us. I'm going to invite Hannah up here, and we'll wrap up and uh, break out in discussion groups. Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your word. I pray that uh, spiritual disciplines would begin to uh, become a habit for those in the room that don't have this discipline yet. And God, I pray that um, we would all just have a higher view of your word that we would view the word the way that um, the underground church in China views, views your word, that we need it, that we need it the most. God, we love you so much. Thank you for sending your son. In Christ's name I pray, amen.